I have a question for you this morning, and I'd like you to think about it seriously for just a moment. Would you rather be a leader, or would you rather be a follower? Would you rather be taking orders from someone, or would you rather be giving orders to someone else? Answers to this question often vary. On the one hand, there is something in all of us as human beings, we all like to be independent, we all like to get our own way, and inside of most of us, there's something like, that likes to tell other people what to do. You found that to be true, say, Amen. On the other hand, for those of us who have been leaders, or for those of you who have watched leaders, you know that being a person in charge is not what it's always cracked up to be. You have to make a tough decision, you have to think things through, and you have to be responsible for other people's behavior. And that is often more stressing than thrilling. If you found that to be true, say, Amen. Now, most of us, at different times and places in our lives, have to be both the leader and the follower. Yes? But as Christians, what should our primary identity be? Should it be that as a follower or a leader? Good answers, good arguments could be made for either case. In today's reading from chapter 15 of our own St. John, we got a clear illustration of a leader and a follower. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says this to them. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. It's worth mentioning in passing that as you and I strive to live out this commandment from our Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit, liking is optional. And love is required. I know of a college, a university, that has a program called Character and Leadership. And the purpose of this program is to help undergraduates, young women and young men, become leaders in the society. Now, as Christians, you and I might think of ourselves as being enrolled in a lifetime program called Character and Followership. Because the Bible has a major theme of followership throughout its pages. The Israelites follow Moses in the desert. The disciples, and by the way, what's another word for disciple? Follower. We'll just pause here just to ask another question. Are you just a churchgoer or are you a disciple? But going back to the sermon, the Israelites follow Moses through the desert. The disciples follow Jesus during his earthly ministry. After Jesus' resurrection and ascension, the apostles follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so in this way, being a Christian is somewhat, somewhat like being a good soldier. Let me give you a statement. You tell me whether it's true or whether it's false. A good soldier generally speaking, always follows orders. True. Generally speaking. And in the same way, a good Christian always strives, highlight the word yellow and the yellow highlighter, strives to follow the commandments or the orders of Jesus Christ. Now, 
As human beings, we are free not to follow. We are free in a certain sense to disobey orders. Go all the way back, we want all the way back 2,000 years ago to the very first Christians, the very first disciples. Thank you. Jesus' first disciples were women and men. Now, were they forced to follow Jesus? No. They could have said, Jesus made his invitation to follow him to be his disciples. They could have said, no thank you Jesus, not interested. Instead, we're going to work at Walmart. And actually, many did say that to Jesus during the course of his earthly ministry. They didn't say, we're going to work at Walmart, but they said no. And over the 2,000 years since then, millions more have said, no, not interested. What have you said to Jesus' invitation to discipleship? Okay, here's an easier question. Would you identify yourself as a Christian? If so, raise your hand. Okay, if you identify as a Christian, how are you qualified in that little games you make around that? You have to come to terms with being a follower. And this involves a struggle between your will and God's will. A tension between doing your thing and doing God's thing. Now this does not mean that God wants you to become a mindless robot who has no say in what you do or who you become. No! We are followers as Christians, but followers who have been created with intellect and reason and free will. And with our own Anglican tradition, Episcopal tradition of Christianity, there is spacious room for disagreement, spacious room for different understandings about God and how to follow God. But there are, at the end of the day, some boundaries to the room. Some behaviors and practices and beliefs that are essential to the Christian life. Do you know what they are? Now this reminds me of an old joke. Father O'Malley is sitting in his office and the telephone rings and the voice says, This is the IRS. Is this Father O'Malley? Yes, it is. This is Father O'Malley. Can you help us? Well, let's just give you this. Do you know a Ted Houlihan? I do. Is he a member of your parish? He is. Did he donate $20,000 to the church? He will. <laughs> and that's the question. Will we, will you make good on your commitment to follow Christ? To steal from Shakespeare, to follow or not to follow, that is the question. Repeat after me. To follow or not to follow? So this week, when you are confronted with a moral choice, will you choose your way, or will you choose Christ's way, or more dangerously, will you choose the way of popular opinion? This week, when someone interrupts you and needs your assistance, will you choose the way of convenience, or will you choose the way of Christ? Think about it this way. What if Jesus had said, you know what, I don't feel... Like following my Father's will. I don't feel like dying on a cross. I don't feel like preaching and teaching about the kingdom and God's love. Don't feel
feel like it, not going to do it. Imagine the consequences for your life and the world. Imagine if the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, you know what, I don't feel like doing God's will. I don't feel like speaking out and preaching about the dignity of every human being, regardless of the color of their skin. I don't feel like marching and organizing and doing all that. Eh, not going to do it. Imagine the consequences. Imagine if Mother Teresa said, yeah, I don't feel like doing God's will, taking care of the poorest of the poor, the sickliest of the sick. Eh, I'm not going to do that. Imagine the consequences. Imagine the person who first brought you to church, or the person who's really responsible for your mature faith, maybe rethinking your faith. What if that person said, eh, I don't feel like following God's will. She doesn't need church. He doesn't need Christ. She doesn't need to rethink her faith. She'll go figure it out on her own. And so, they didn't bring you, or they didn't encourage you. Think about the consequences for your life. And now for the painful part. Now all of my sermons are painful to listen to. But in this case, the flip side of that imagining. You and I are often unaware of the negative consequences, the bad stuff that happens to other people when you and I fail to follow Christ. You failing to follow Christ may mean someone misses out on an opportunity to discover something about themselves. A gift or a talent or to keep at it. You're failing to follow Christ by accompanying an individual or a couple or a family who's going through a crisis. I mean, they have to suffer a whole lot more than they should have. You're failing to follow Christ by helping someone who's drifting from faith and drifting from the church. Maybe they stay away from the church for years and maybe it didn't have to be that way. And on and on and on, when you and I fail to follow Christ, a price is paid and the price is paid by other people. Some who we love and we know, some who we don't know. Now, certainly God can forgive our faults and the weight of the world and the fate of every single person is not on your shoulders alone. Though sometimes for some of you have felt that way. But that does not change the fact that there is a price to be paid by other people when you and I fail to follow Christ. And that price is described all too well by the writer and pastor Eugene Peterson. He writes, No matter how right we are in what we believe about God, no matter how accurately we phrase our belief, or how magnificently and persuasively we preach, or write, or declare it, If love does not shape the way we speak and act, we falsify the creed. We confess a lie. Believing without loving is what gives religion a bad name. Believing without loving destroys lives. Believing without loving turns the best of creeds into a weapon of oppression. To follow or not to follow, that is the question. And that's the question you will be asked countless times this week, probably as soon as the service is over. Will you choose your way or will you choose Christ's way? Will you choose the path of selfishness or will you choose the path of sacrificial love? 
Please leave questions we will have to answer this week and every week of our lives as Christians. May you and I, with the help of the Holy Spirit, always choose to be followers first. Amen.